yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranelagh, cold butt of a gun put into the back of your skull. That's a moment where you go, okay, yeah, I think this one's up. How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important part of this still lies open. I'm not here to hurt you. A brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily. That November day, that's where it all, all begins. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time imon irok the yen of chacht erachor. Agus suligam a makan sha gurfeder erachor inuik kiart len of winter fein. Skilti fis turmi. Tashe dochrecha nach vetoch ara igornamyan on kestchen ekol. Vien talam aginam griv arkar nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Hello and you're welcome to The Big Tech Show with me, Adrian Weckler, in association with Square. Square can help with your business needs from menu management and online ordering to payments. Visit square.com for more. Now, a major new investigation casts further light on the use of Predator, a spyware application that can secretly take over the microphone or the camera on a targeted smartphone and turn it into a spying device. Well, I'm delighted to say that I'm joined on The Big Tech Show by the head of the security lab at Amnesty International, Donica O'Carroll. Donica, you're very welcome to the podcast. Um, before we go into the investigation that you and uh, some media partners have uh, done and is now published, let's just go take a step back uh, with the basics. What is Predator? Hi, Adrian. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. Um, Predator is what we term a highly invasive spyware tool. Um, yeah. And this is a tool developed by um, a mercenary spyware company called Intellexa. Mm to governments around the world. So with a tool like Predator, uh, a government um, can basically break into any any phone, whether it's the iPhone or Android, just by sending the target uh, a link. A link. So that could be maybe a link to, for example, a bogus story or what is a link? Exactly. So like a, a web link. So we've seen people, um, for example, sharing, seen attackers sharing links over uh, SMS message, mm. WhatsApp saying, here's a new article on the Irish Independent, yep. go and click this link to see the story uh, as a way of trying to trick the user and thinking it's something legitimate. And just by the user clicking on that link on their phone, opening in their browser, that can be enough within a few seconds for the spyware to be able to uh, break into the phone, uh, hack the device, and eventually get access to all of the personal and private information that's that's on that, on that phone. A few seconds. So we literally could be talking about a text message because, you know, I get spam text messages all the time you know about unpaid tolls or the revenue or whatever in theory it could look like that or it could be an email I tap on or click on to one of those and within a few seconds this spyware is running inside my system exactly okay and I mentioned a camera and a microphone like what is what is this set up to do what's the worst that it can do 
So Predator is a, a surveillance software and it's really designed to make the whole phone an open book to the person who's operating spyware. It yeah. can access all of your photos, it can turn on the microphone and record the room, it can access your camera, it can even access um, your signal messages. So most people think signal, what happens? This can even break in and get all of the unencrypted messages before you even send them. And so you can access everything that the, the user could, could have on their device and more. Really this is astonishing. I mean, it goes against everything we're told. But I mean, you mentioned Signal. I've um, interviewed Meredith, the CEO of Signal, uh, last year. Um, very relatively secure messaging system. Apple keeps going on about how secure and encrypted their phones are. And yet we have a piece of software here that can bypass it all. It's it's indeed very very scary, and I don't think it's it's necessarily put the fault at the tech vendors. I think what's what's really at play here is that there's a, a huge and very profitable industry. So, this is a piece of software which was developed a few years ago. Um, ostensibly, I think, or on the face of it, they said to help governments and states to fight terrorism. Right. So very sophisticated, um, founded by a, a, an Israeli founder. Um, what do we know about who is selling this now and who is buying it? So as you say, um, the Intellexa company or the Intellexa Alliance who signed this tool mm -hmm. uh, was founded by Tal Dillian, um, a former Israeli intelligence officer who's, who's now kind of gone into the commercial side of the business and trying to uh, sell these tools to governments who maybe wouldn't have developed them before. If you can imagine with the Snowden revelations, you had the NSA building these kinds of surveillance tools in-house. But in the last 10 years, we've seen a whole market emerging of kind of for-profit players who build these incredibly advanced tools that cost millions and millions of, of euros and then really sell it to anybody who, who can buy it. Anybody um, who can buy it. So that could be a regime. It could be, a, I don't know, who, who else might be in the market for that? So these, these companies say they sell it to, to only to governments. Mm. Um, and we've seen them selling to kind of many governments with a poor human rights record. Uh, last year, we even saw it being sold um, to um, the RSF militia in, in South Sudan, who I think some of you have seen earlier in the year was involved in a, a coup attempt. And so you're seeing that it's, it's really being sold, sold, sold to some of the most uh, violent countries mm -hmm. with a terrible rights record and even to non-state actors um, for you know, military purposes and, and who knows how, how this data could be used. We And we should also mention there is an Irish connection here, right? Because... Um, the company you mentioned, um, Intellexa, um, has an office about 100 yards from the Irish Independent in Talbot Street. Literally, if I walk around the corner from here, um, they have an offset. Now, I've been trying to contact them, waiting outside the door for a while. There's, there's, uh, there doesn't seem to be any way to contact them. Obviously, we'd be interested to hear what they said. We're not the only media organization uh, who trying to contact them at the moment. Um it's it's one part of your the report published by Amnesty, I think, looks at the issue of whether this is being regulated properly, right, in Ireland or in the European Union. Exactly. I think um, some of your listeners may have seen the Pegasus Project uh, two years ago, which was showing the, the extent of abuse of an Israeli spyware company. Mm. Uh, and what we see now is, you know, this problem hasn't been solved. Instead, we see a, a massive uh, EU kind of multi-state um, organization, Intellexa, who's selling these tools from the EU, supposedly even marketing themselves as being EU-based and EU-regulated. Mm. 
Uh, and, and again, as we see today in, 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 the, in the report, it's being used to target um, human rights defenders, target journalists, and even uh, as we show, it's being used to target uh, EU institutions and senior EU politicians, including the president of the European Parliament. Yeah, you, you gave an example. For example, I saw a tweet that you put up um, showing what purports to be a Twitter account, which is actually an attack vector for this uh, spyware. And it is replying to the Twitter accounts of the European Commission and the president of the European Parliament, uh, Roberta Metsola, with a link to what looks like the South China Post, which is the SouthChinaPost.net, which I don't think is a correct link, an, art, an article. So if the European Commission Twitter account holder or the uh, European Parliament president taps or clicks on that link, they then get infected. Is that right? Yep, that, that, that could have been enough for, for them or their staff to get infected. Um, and I guess it's probably outside the remit of our expertise, maybe yours too, to wonder who would buy uh, spyware-linked data Associated with the European Commission or the President of the European Parliament, if that if this is a, if this is a business exercise, a commercial exercise that's being done, and you've big you've fifty page report today, um, looking into this, like who who's going to be buying that information, or who would want to buy that information legitimately? So, in, in the case of of this particular campaign, uh, we do believe it's um, the predator system has been sold to a government and has been operated. By somebody on behalf of that of that government, uh, in this case, in our fifty-page report, we're able to find a lot of supporting evidence to show uh, links between this campaign we found on Twitter and uh, and Vietnam. Mm. We found a Vietnamese uh, journalists being targeted uh, through the investigation with media partners. We also found um, that there was contracts between Intelexa and the Vietnamese Ministry of Public Security. Uh, we've managed to find export records showing the spyware was shipped from. From, from Europe and from the UAE to, to Vietnam. And, and it was a particular Vietnamese journalist, wasn't it? Exactly. So, uh, and, and how did he know or what were the warning signs to him or subsequently to you and to, to Spiegel and the other media partners investigating this to, to indicate that, that that it's likely that he had been a victim of this? So our team at, at Amnesty International at the Security Lab yeah. Um, our goal is to investigate um, surveillance, especially um, spiral attacks targeting mm-hmm. civil society. We've seen over the last you know, five years that more and more states are using these kinds of tools as a new weapon in their toolbox to silence critics and opponents who previously might have, they might have just jailed people or intimidated them physically. Now they're also using these kind of high-tech tools to harass people that, they, that oppose them. Mm. In this particular case, we... I've been tracking Intelexa for a number of years now. As part of that, we do um, technical investigations where we try to identify what servers and what domain names are being used to um, deliver the spyware to targets. From these kind of technical investigations, we first found the, the Twitter account sharing these links that we were able to identify as predator. And then from that, we started reaching out to the various people we identified as targets, including um, the Vietnamese journalist uh, based here uh, in Berlin, uh, Mr. Lee. So... You worked backwards, so you it was it a, a deduction process with the journalist in trying to piece together what he might have tapped or clicked upon 
um, fr from from that analysis of those potentially infected links. Exactly. So first we were tracking into Alexa, and then we found these links that were sent to to the journalist, and from that we uh, we reached out to him, uh, interviewed him, and with his consent, we performed a kind of detailed forensic analysis mm -hmm. of his device to check if indeed he had clicked the links, and if he had clicked the links, was the was the spyware installed? Mm. Do we have any sense at all? It, it's not covered in today's report, but do we have any sense about its use or misuse in Ireland um, at all? Do, do, has it surfaced in any way, or are there been any suspicious links that have surfaced in Ireland? Um, so, as you, as you mentioned, um, there is you know one clear link to Ireland. That's that so, two parent companies of Intelexa are yeah. hosted here, um, and records uh, published by the currency uh, outlet showed that there's tens of millions of euros um, of profit from sales of these spyware tools mm -hmm. going through Ireland. Um, there's very little transparency around, um, you know, who owns the companies, about where exactly these, uh, these monies come from and how these sales are being regulated. Mm. There needs to be you know, urgent action in Ireland as well as across the EU to first bring transparency to around. do that, yeah. But we don't, we don't have any smoking gun yet as to, for example, someone targeting the account of, you know, Leo Varadkar or Micheál Martin or Mary Lou MacDonald or anything like that. Um, we haven't, no, we haven't seen any concrete cases mm. of targeting Ireland. I think as this, um, this company, as industry, uh, continues to be able to sell these tools um, to, to states and to actors who use them kind of so chaotically as in this case, I think it's yeah. only about time before we see these uh, being used. Yeah. Uh, Gosh, it makes you wonder, isn't it? Maybe we're not worth it. Maybe, maybe what Leo or Michal or Mary Lou are are saying isn't actually worth it for anyone to but to buy that kind of uh, uh, d data. Um, so you're saying that the EU should be doing more to investigate this, to regulate this. I wonder what it is they they might do. So there, there has been a lot of um, discussions and investigations over the last uh, two years in particular uh, about what needs to be, be done here. Um, there is some exist, uh, following the Pegasus project, there was a committee of inquiry at the European Parliament, which over two years uh, investigated how these kinds of spyware and surveillance tools have been misused um, outside the EU, but also in the EU to target civil society and political opposition. So Argument Amnesty and, and colleagues and, and partner, community partners found evidence that these tools are used by Hungary to target opposition media, mm. Poland to target um, the leaders of the political opposition before the previous um, European elections in 2019. Uh, we've seen the same tools being used by in Spain uh, to target uh, Catalan um, protesters and political figures. And so now we're seeing, I think what's, what's different is again, now it's not just uh, tools being brought into the EU, but it's tools actually being developed uh, and exported and used by the EU. I think there's a number of key points that, that need to be done. So one is that um, immediately the EU needs to cut all existing export licenses, which are allowing the sale of intellectual tools mm. as of the EU. I think we need uh, drastically increased transparency around uh, which states are using these tools uh, and which companies are manufacturing such tools. Um, and more pressingly, for particularly highly invasive spyware such as, as Predator, which has the ability to access all of the data on the phone and has no uh, possibility of being technically audited or limited. Uh, I'm calling for a full, a full ban on the spyware. Okay, I, I just should say again that we did try to contact um, Intellexa, but uh, there just didn't seem to be any way to reach them. I did send uh, some LinkedIn messages 
Uh, so if they do come back to us, we will bring you that. Um, just to go back to a technical point, though, we sort of briefly mentioned it at the top of the podcast. I'm still slightly astonished that this is not dealt with on a device or an operating system level, by particularly by Apple and Google. I mean, Predator isn't new. It's been around for a few years. I, we, you know, Most of us have written stories on it before. And it always seems to be associated with, because I, I, I believe most of the sales, for example, are to the Middle East. I think there's only a couple of million euro in revenue and sales within Europe. Most of the sales go to the Irish office, according to their accounts, appear to be to the Middle East. And that maybe psychologically we kind of associate it with something that's going on, you know, somewhere else. And it's it's not that they're targeting, um, you know, Downing Street or the Elysee or um, Pennsylvania Avenue or even the Doyle. And, but it, it just, it just amazes me that something as powerful and as sneaky as this can't be, you know, clamped down upon by Apple or Google. So I do think it's a, it's an ongoing, ongoing battle between um, these spiral companies and the, the tech companies. If you look in the, in the, even in the last month, I think there's been four emergency updates for the Apple iPhone operating system. Yeah. Specifically, the patch vulnerabilities used by spiraling companies, including Intellexa, as well as, as well as NSO Group. Mm. Um, with with this tool such as Predator, there's two there's two kind of components that are, are key. So one is the the spyware itself that gets installed on the phone, and then what's the kind of really tricky and complex part is what's called the, the exploit or the zero day exploit. Yeah, this is the unknown code that can exploit some like hidden flaws and and really complex issues and security issues mm. in a phone like an iPhone or an Android phone, and through a chain of three or four of these that they can burrow into the device. So this is like extremely difficult to find. And if you have knowledge about how to how to break into this iPhone, it's worth five million or more on the market. And so if these companies are spending really millions to either develop these kinds of, of attacks or else to buy them from the market and then kind of productize them in the tool that they're selling to, to governments who then can you know, send a pointing link to infect whichever phones that they want. Not that this should make it any less worrying or alarming, but it, I take it that the regular person on the street is very unlikely to see this turning up on their phone. It's true. So um, from what we know about, about these tools, they're, they're mostly or only sold to governments and they're used for you know, their priority targets. Hmm. And for each, each person that gets infected, it could cost 10 or 15,000 euro just to infect that device. So it's not something you're going to see happening you know, to random people on the street in Ireland. But it is a risk for um, you know civil society in countries which are already oppressive, as we see in the case of the Vietnamese journalist in Berlin. You know, it's a, it's a big threat for diaspora populations and people who might have seeking uh, uh, asylum or seeking protection. In Ireland could still be threatened by these kinds of tools. And as we continue to see, um, allow a proliferation of these tools, I think it's really hard to predict um, you know where and what context they might be used. Um, and a small number of people can be a very uh, harmful um, mm. for all of their, their communities, their connections, and put a lot of a lot of people at risk. Lastly, just on a broader, more philosophical point, um, the existence of a tool like this would Amnesty hold that it just shouldn't exist and shouldn't be used by governments, even when they are fighting terrorists. 
So I think there's there's definitely a place for for some te- technological tools and some surveillance tools to be used in a in a way that's kind of necessary and proportionate and uh, compliant with human rights safeguards. Mm. Uh, our view at Amnesty is that tools such as, as Predator or, or Pegasus, which are highly invasive and have no limitation on what they can access on the device, as well as uh, no there's no no means of having accountability of where they're used or to to, to regulate their use uh, in a tactical means are too uh, invasive for privacy, uh, that they can never be human rights compliant. Mm. So highly invasive tools should be completely banned. Okay, Donegal Carroll, um, Head of Security Lab at Amnesty International. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thanks also to JJ Clark, who produced to Gavin Hennessy uh, on sound and Niall McMonagall on uh, video. From me, Adrian Weckler, you've been listening to or watching The Big Tech Show in association with Square. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranelagh, called butt of a gun and put into the back of your skull, that's a moment where you go, okay, yeah, I think this one's up. How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important part of this still lies open. I'm Not Here to Hurt You, a brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily. That November day, that's where it all, all begins. Out now wherever you get your podcasts.